What's up, man? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Beautiful. How are you doing? Good. Good. It's a nice gloomy day today. So um, we've just been uh, hunkering down inside and um, enjoying the, the rest. All right. It's good to see you. I'm, uh, I'm bummed that we didn't get back together uh, one more time before I left. I know. I know. I feel the same way. I was, uh, I was bummed out, but you know, maybe, I mean, maybe we can either make it out there or, you know, if you ever visit here, we have to for sure get together again. Yeah. Just so you know, I'm already recording. I don't know when I'll start it when I like publish the whole thing, but I always just start oh, okay. recording from the beginning. Okay. Got it. Just so you're not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Say something, uh, I might regret. Yeah. What, um, what have you been up to? How's, uh, are you guys training inside at the gym yet? So we are training inside. Um, the biggest issue for us is not the temperature, but the light. So mm. we're losing sunlight, you know, at the start of our class now. So <clears throat> the park we were at didn't really, wasn't really conducive to nighttime classes. And it wasn't really feasible for me to get people there earlier, just with the way, uh, Long Island traffic is and what time people get off work. So we've been totally inside at this point, the 6 AMs as well. Um, and it's been a transition period, but it's been pretty smooth. Um, and, you know, we do a little bit outside when we can, if there's enough light or on Saturdays, we go to the park still. So mm -hmm. we've been um, <clears throat> just doing our best with that. What are the laws? What are, what are, what are kind of like the stipulations you're working with now? So it's still 33% capacity, um, mask at all times, pre-class screening, um, you know, six feet, obviously, you know, all of these, there's, there's, it's pretty standard, you know, it's mm -hmm. pretty standard restrictions. Um, there's actually a, I mean, we're different, you know, we're like more of a boutique community type gym. Like we're not an LA fitness, but there is in the, in the rules and the mandates, you must clean your gym every two hours. <laughs> and it's wow. like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we're not there. Like, it's not like, like I'm going to go in the gym at 12 when I haven't been there since 6am and go clean. Like, obviously it's not happening, but that's, that's for like, they're just not separating bigger gyms from smaller gyms. So, you know, we clean after every class, you know, we just mm -hmm. make sure that, uh, you know, we, you know, we have sanitizer in you everywhere and wipes and, you know. <clears throat> so have you like added classes to accommodate for the fact that you can only have 30% in, in, in each class and you had to like add more to, to make space? No, so actually we took away, we took away mm -hmm. quite a few at the beginning of COVID and we've been slow about adding any back mm -hmm. um, because we do have a lot of people who shifted to online. Mm -hmm. So it's like the classes haven't necessarily been a, a capacity issue at all. You know, even with the 33%, we haven't had like much of a, cause we have a pretty big space. So it's like, we're, we're not severely limited in that regard. You know, we could easily have uh, 10 people in there and keep distance. It's no, mm -hmm. no issue. Um, but a lot of people have shifted to online and, mm -hmm. you know, people have the, the amount, the way we set up our schedule, um, they're like, you know, say people come twice a week, but we have mm -hmm. like four options for them. So people sort of like these people come these two days, these people come those two days. And so we don't have much of a capacity issue. Um, so it hasn't been, hasn't been a problem. 
Well, and the good news is, is like, it seems like New York is continuing to like do the right things. So like, like it seems like things continue to move forward. It doesn't look like there's like as much potential for like backtracking as it seems like it could happen in a lot of these other places. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're at one statewide, we're at 1%, 1.03%, I believe was today's number or yes, maybe yesterday's number. Um, you know, so that's, and that's like out of 150,000 people being tested. I mean, that's significant. Um, you know, Gabby, my fiance got tested yesterday actually, cause my sister is home, uh, from Virginia and, you know, she's, she's, she was negative thankfully, but you know, I can't imagine like the amount of tests that, that they're getting in per day, that's significant. And to have such a low percentage is definitely promising, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like being here in Boulder right now, like right when we got here, it started to like spike a little bit because all the college kids came back and then they, (laughs) I guess like right when we arrived, they locked all the college kids down and told them they couldn't like leave their dorms or something. And they were like, if you walk by any of the restaurants there are all these signs that said like, if you're 18 to 22, you're not allowed to come in here and things like that. Yeah. Um, but um right now it's like like this state and kind of the 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 nearby areas like it's actually going up in a way that it's they've never experienced here before Mm. and i can sense that like you know not that people aren't on it because people are you know especially in this area like people are, are thinking about it but because like it never really happened there's a little bit of like a disconnect you know and i think like coming from new york you're like no, I know what this looks like. Especially in the city or in like, you know, those areas where it hit really hard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause it did hit Long Island pretty hard, but nothing like the city. Uh, it's, and you know, my sister lives in the city. So, and she actually works at one of the hospitals. So it's like, you, you get a real, like, real picture of at its worst, what it was like. And hopefully, you know, and specifically with Colorado situation, hopefully, even if they're seeing a surge or a spike, it's not going to be one, the treatment will be better Two, maybe the, you know, maybe we're dealing with a a slightly different uh, mutation on this virus and maybe it's not as lethal um, maybe. And also Colorado is a pretty healthy place too. So that gives you obviously a better chance of, of fighting this thing. But the scary part I think is what people don't understand, like Mm -hmm. What is the long-term ramifications? What are the, you know, like, for example, uh, my sister is looking at long-term impacts. Like, why do some people get this and have like six months of, uh, you know, sort of respiratory recovery? Like, why is that happening? So, you know, there's, there's a, like, I don't, uh, I'm not studying this. this is, I don't know the answers, but if you understand, you know, biology at all, you understand that things, things change. And um, maybe this first wave that we got, you know, on the East Coast specifically was a very, very lethal um, version of this virus. And, you know, maybe we weren't prepared to handle it with our own health, too. Not that, you know, people should, of course, try not to get this. But, yeah, it, it exposed it exposed like, you know, we always talk about what it exposed and it exposed not just like our current um, our current standard of health, but like it exposed weaknesses in our, in our system and weakness in our businesses and weakness in our, in our like way of life. Like what, how sustainable, you know, is our way of life. And it got me thinking a lot about in general, like, you know, what can we really afford, you know, 
how much money am I borrowing to live this life? How much, you know, how much time am I giving up? What it's like, why everyone started farming, right? No one's mm-hmm. like, oh, got to grow our own food. Mm-hmm. But it just exposed a lot of like, you know, inefficiencies and weaknesses. And it was a good wake up call. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the changes then? What are the things that you've done where you're like, oh, like my values have, have changed. I don't need this. Maybe I need more of that. What are those things? You know, I, I definitely feel that my values before this were pretty in line with how I feel now, but um, it honestly drew me back a little bit even more to like my family, my loved ones, like especially during the actual quarantine. Um, I just value my time like a lot more. And I started to realize like, you know, what is what is it that I don't know how to do that would serve me really well? And if this scenario happened again, or if things got as bad as people thought it would get, or, you know, along these lines, I think there's like a certain amount of sustainability and like self-sufficiency that people should have. And um, it's very healthy for everybody. You know, like it's very healthy for people to have their own garden, even if it's one vegetable, a potted vegetable, you know, whatever it is, or flowers or this or that, or like, you know, my brother-in-law has chickens. And so like, you know, he's got, he's got a you know supply of food really with the eggs. And, um, and then like, just literally being useful, like how many knots can you tie? Like how many, like these sound so silly and so like, well, why would I ever need to do this and do that? And, you know, I never did boy scouts. Right. But it's like, not that we're going to be living in the woods anytime soon, but it's like, you know what, maybe I should like learn some of these like old crafts, like these old sort of, you know, can I build my own this or that, you know, I'm not going to build a house, but can I build something that I, that I would find useful. And, you know, you actually with your, uh, I guess it would be carving, right? You were carving yeah. like stuff like that, like very hands-on laborious, like craftsman type work. And I started to take all of these things like cooking, growing my own food, sourcing my own food, like trying to connect all of them together. So mm-hmm. we have like more of this like wheel of lifestyle and the modern and like technological world that we live in, like that's a part of the wheel, but we are so heavily invested. And like, if that gets pulled out, like, where are we? You know, the, the wheel can't spin. So I, and I see a lot of people doing this to some degree, you know, like trying to connect a little bit more with people and nature and, you know, in good ways. And that, that's just a direction that I want to go in. I think the, there's, there's like so much noise and information and misinformation. And it's like, when you actually just take a second and you're walking through the woods and you take a breath and you realize like, you know, this is all I need. Like, I, I, I don't need to sit on Facebook and scroll and listen to two, not two people, but two different types of people go back and forth and this and that. It's like, I think that we, we need to like, you know, it's like, everyone talks about like, start with you, start with you, like make sure you are kind of confident, comfortable. And, and, you know, you feel that you can sustain what you're doing. And I I just tried to connect them all. And it got me into like, 
being becoming a better cook and I made every gardening mistake you could ever make, but now I, now I learned. So, you know, the, it, it let me, it, it allowed me to finally test out the theory of, are you really going to embody this craftsman mentality? Because a lot of times you don't start something because you know, you'll suck at it. Whereas I just went full on. I was like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do all this and I might be terrible. And I was, um, but it pushed me in the right direction, I think. Well, I remember you and I early on kind of like talking because I had closed our place down and you were kind of thinking about different directions you were going to go with your spot and everything. But early on, we were talking a lot about sort of this idea that, you know, the one of the great problems that we deal with is, is you know, people not respecting the interconnectedness of all of us and one another and the interconnectedness of us and nature. There's a lot of this like, well, that's that thing and we are this other thing. And you're kind of talking a little bit about that. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, I'm sure they're like, oh, well, how does gardening have to do with like being, you know, more ready for a pandemic or whatever? Or how does talking to more people make you more prepared for any of the other like uh, you know perils of life but all these things are just different ways of like receiving information it's also like being more grounded in in being a human being and, and more importantly like a part of nature right yeah we've we've talked about this before too right like it's nature then and then there's us you know and like that's a that's one way to think about it, but you, it's a reality check when you find that, you know, viruses are, are part of nature and, you know, they don't care about the separation that we think we have. Um, it, That's why I always say the thing, like, you know, like, it, you know, and it's still happening. People are like so caught up on, I think you, when I was talking to you and I said this about like human time versus like nature time, you know, like humans have their reality of time but that's a different reality than like everything else in nature like trees have their own sense of time they four or five hundred years mosquitoes have like a lifespan of like a day and a half or whatever so like their reality of time is totally different and we wanted and we still do want to turn like the pandemic or the virus into like we want it to understand human time for instance being like well Thanksgiving is coming. So like we have to do Thanksgiving and it's like, well, that's a human time thing. That's a human yeah. calendar. This thing is running on a different type of calendar. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I heard a joke. Um, it was, uh, I believe from like, uh, Lex Friedman on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he was like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, how are we going to have people, this is way back. And he's like, what are we going to do about, you know, the election and blah, blah, blah. And he like totally straight face, but was kidding. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, he's like, we're just not going to have it. He's like, we're just going to push it. You know, we'll just, he'll just be president for another year. And I, you know, obviously you got to rise out of people from that, but it's like, yeah, this human time thing, like we have Thanksgiving coming up. So like, obviously we're not going to, you know, we can't let this virus stop us. And to a certain degree, that's, I think it's true. Like in the sense, like I'm going to get together with my family in a, in an intelligent way. So like, even if that means we get tested or even if that means, you know, we, whatever, whatever we have to do. Right. But I'm not going to get together with everyone in my entire family. Right. Versus like, if I get together with, 
you know, my parents and my sisters, you know, mm-hmm. and then and we pick a side between Gabby and I and what, you know, again, whatever it is. And we're also living in a state where it's a 1% and, and constantly low, constantly declining um, scenario. And most of the cases are in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's interesting that we do like, this is a virus is like favorite thing, right? It's like, this is great. They just, they'd keep, they're going to keep living their exact same life. And it's going to, you know, because the 4th of July is coming up and everyone has to party. Um, it's, it's a great opportunity, but right. yeah, I mean, I think what we, going back to what you said before, um, I forget exactly how you worded it, but like this, we're going to, we're going to eventually, I think I heard someone say like the pandemics are generally like, you know, between like the economic and all these effects that it has and, and its effect on, on, we'll say like the amount of space it takes up in people's uh, brains. Like it's at the forefront of everybody's thoughts every day right now. They say it's like roughly 18 months or so. And that's, that's pretty crazy. Like that's not next March. That's all we're talking all the way to the, you know, to next Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And the idea of people thinking like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to miss a whole year. You know, it's like, listen to what you said. I'm going to miss a whole year. Like, where are you going to be? Like, what do you mean you're going to miss it? Like, Mm -hmm. this is, this is like where I I'm playing both sides because I do think it's important that people don't just be completely reckless, but at the same time, like what is really, what is actually important? Like Mm -hmm. I only really need to see my family and I only really need to like do the things that are going to like, again, coming back to that whole craftsman thing, like the cooking and the growing and like time is still going to go by and how you spend that 18 months is going to dictate whether you feel like it wasn't, it was missed time, like, or lost time versus like actually a great opportunity to reconnect with yourself, the people you're closest with, you know, your connection with nature, not, not against it, you know, instead of trying to like continually, you know, with quarantine, everybody, a lot of people were staying inside, like Gabby and I made it a point to get outside, like to go into the woods, to go to parks, to go ride our bikes, you know, and with the gardening thing, it got us out all summer. And it's like, I, this year isn't lost. Even if we, if, even if we don't have the 4th of July party that we had, you know, last year. Cause you know, we didn't do anything for, for that, but it's just another way of looking at it. Like there's no such thing as like lost time. I, I don't feel at least, you know, you could, you could use time in an inefficient way or a way that you regret, but you know, this, uh, even if this pandemic lasts 18 months or more, like we will one day look back and it's like, what did you learn during that period? also just speaks to like um this this i mean maybe it's just where we're at maybe it's just like north america maybe it's like western culture i don't know what it is maybe it's everybody but it also speaks to this like real like rigidity that i see in people um you know this this kind of like lack of lack of adaptability lack of flexibility right um people do a lot of things to like lie to themselves to make them feel like they're more in control than they actually are of things rather than being like a little bit more prepared for surprises and spontaneity and, and things like that. You know, like people, 
you know, whatever, go out of their way to, to, to dress certain ways because they think that like, oh, this, this makes me feel like I'm in control. You know, I keep thinking and, and bringing it up to people like people I think get caught, caught up really big time into like strength training, for instance, because it gives this real illusion that like you're in more control than you actually are, but it also has the potential to like make you more rigid, right? Yeah. Uh, physically and mentally. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like we're witnessing that and it's, it's asking people to shed some rigidity and we're seeing people who can do that and, and who can't, we're asking people to reevaluate like what, what it means to be flexible, be adaptable, um, embrace and change. You know, I, I think about it a lot when people say this one line, they'll say, when things go back to normal, blah. And I'm like, well, you should probably be prepared that when in the future, whatever it is, it's probably not going to look like whatever you think it's going to look like. So there should be a little bit more of like the preparation and maybe even a little bit of excitement for the continuing change, you know? And I think that that's kind of what you're, you're saying as well. It's like, oh, like if you can be a little bit stoked about change, then you can do something with the time. If you're just holding out and rigid well, then you're probably just going to watch Netflix and hope that uh, come right. March or April, you get to just like dive right back into the way things were. Yeah. And no, you know, nobody knows what that's going to look like in terms of the future. But in my mind, you know, I have sort of like created a version for myself because at the end of the day, everybody does sort of create their own reality. Like, you know, the things you choose to do, the words that you say, all of these things create your reality and it doesn't necessarily have to go back to quote unquote normal. You know, it's like, I don't know if it needs to be normal, but I I'm painting in my mind, a picture of what I'd like my life to be like, you know, even if it's not um, the way things were. And I think in the biggest regard, again, it's, it's coming back to that time and realizing like what is actually important. And what, you know, like what we're doing here, we're here for X amount of time. And, you know, what are we doing while we're here? <clears throat> what are we passing down? And I had a conversation with someone the other day and it was like, we sort of, not everybody, but we sort of lost a, a, like a generation of pat, like what, like we lost a generation of people passing collective knowledge down. And this is my this is something I, I'm thinking about. It's an opinion. It's not, it's not, um, you know, uh, rooted strongly, but it, you know, as, as a fact, but when you think about like how many years we've been using collective knowledge, right. And we still are using collective knowledge, but we often, we don't even understand how that underlying stuff works, right? Like we are, technology is improving exponentially, but the, like you have engineers coming out, coders, programmers, all these things that are like improving the thing, you know, the way computers work and all these things. But like, how does your food get to your plate? Like, right. how do you start a fire? Like, what if, you know, like real, like real issues, I don't think they'll happen, but what if the grid goes out? Like what, like we're, these are all like, really big issues that people like threw out there at the beginning. Like I didn't think the world was going to end, but people were like, 
this is it. This is the, you know, and this always happens. People always like, how many times has the world ended really? But at the end of the day, we all do, we, we have to come together. You know, if you, if the world really did end or this went out or that happened, like you have to turn to your neighbor. And I felt like we, like, I didn't have any collective knowledge of how to take care of myself. You know, like I said, going back to all the other things like, oh, I could stand on one hand, but I don't know how to plant a tomato. Like, or I don't know how to like, I don't know how to make sure my tomatoes give me a good yield. Right. And then I don't know how to preserve the cabbages that I grew. And I don't know how, like all these silly little things. Um, but again, you know, we, we obviously met through physical practice and it always comes back to physical practice of like, as you, as you discover like mastery of your body or skill, or you train really hard into one thing, you realize what's capable when you have, a, or what's possible when you have a process and be willing to make those mistakes. And I just, again, made every mistake possible. And, uh, my, in the hope that I will then pass collective knowledge down, you know, that's like my big thing. Like, what does it look like? You know, my, I'm, I don't plan on becoming a farmer and, and, you know, having my kids grow up on, on, you know, running in the field, but it's good to keep that. Like, it's good to keep that like small amount of self, you know, sustainability. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're, we're doing a podcast on farming. <laughs> that's all right. Well, listen, I think that, I think that, but, but I think, but I think that that's a really big, uh, and a very true issue. Like I was reading a book about things we can learn from indigenous people. And we like, we don't have tribes anymore, you know, like people are really divided up into like age groups, kind of, you know, even like through school, it's like, you know, the six and seven year olds, the seven and eight year olds, the eight and nine year olds, it's like, we put everybody into their like categories. And then like, yeah. You get into college and it's like the 20 somethings and you like get in, it's like 30 and 40 is like, you know, maybe 50s, like kind of like our kind of intermixing. And then like the 60s and over, it's like, oh, you're retired now. We don't want to see any of you people. You know what I mean? And then you have the real elderly and you're like, we don't even, they're hidden. We don't, we don't yeah. want to face the fact that like, we're all going to be that way at some point in life. Like that needs to be hidden from us. But in reality, like, you know, at, 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 throughout most of human history, there wasn't this like fragmenting of society into like different like age boxes, right? Everybody was together, right? At, at a single moment, you could be a father, a brother, an uncle, and a son all at one time and be having like information going up and down yeah. that you're sharing and, 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 and moving things along. And I, I agree. I think there's a, some big issues with the fact that we've like separated people and, and there's not this passing of information up and down to one another all the time. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm, I'm doing a very poor job of articulating that. Like we, we are missing this. Like what, why, you know, we have a sixth and a seventh grade and an eighth grade. It's like, but what about the cross learning that would happen between these kids? And what about the learning that would happen, you know, again, like from multiple generations, um, this is something that you definitely lose when you, when you box life up. Like, I think that was one of the biggest things that I, I did take away when we talked earlier about like how I changed my lifestyle a little bit. Like who is telling me at this age, that age, whatever, that I have to be here or there. Like, 
you're, you're putting me in a box. You're generalizing me into 330 million people. Like you're saying, well, okay, out of 300, you know, or how, I don't know how many, um, how many 20 to 30 year olds there are in America right now, but you know, there's like 330 to 350 million people, I think. So you have that many people, like you, you just, you, you almost like, that's such an unfathomable, unfathomable number that you, you just have to generalize people. And so you, again, like you said, you put them in these boxes and these categories and like you lose so much there. You lose so much there by doing that. So like I said, how it changed me, it's like, okay, I am a 26 year old business owner. Nobody I know has gone through a pandemic until now. So like I had nobody to ask, right? Like I, my grandfather is about to be 90 and he was like, you know, I, I don't know. I've never seen this. I've, the government's never shut businesses down before that I know of, you know, and there was no like, so this is like a first time thing. Right. And I realized like, you know what? I don't need my, you know, my, I don't need to, to be in a house by now. Right. I did happen to get engaged, but I was like, there's no pressure for me to get married, like at this age. And I, like every age group has that thing. Like you said, like, oh, you're 70 plus. Okay. See you later. You know, we don't, we're just going to leave you over here and pretend like, you know, it's nothing's happening and you're not going to talk to any of us basically. And we'll see you once a month or once every holiday. And I, I don't want that going forward, you know, like, and you and I had a talk way, this was probably in the beginning when we met, but it was like, I know a lot of people who, you know, I respect tremendously, who are older than me and, and will say, you know, at, at your age, I didn't have any of this figured out yet. And I don't either, but it's comforting to like have that conversation with someone and be like, you know what? Yeah. I don't need to, out of 330 million people, I don't need to like fit this exact mold of what they think I should be at this time. And that only happens when you start to connect with people outside of your box. I just think it's important. It also like makes you realize that so much of his, so much of everything is, is, is luck and random and, you know, it's kind of a embracing spontaneity, you know, and, you, and again, it's like, if you're hidden in your little bubble, you're looking out at the world being like, Oh my God, everybody's got things figured out. And then when you really are with people, you're like, Oh, like they're all just kind of like making like lucky guesses. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I realized I've never been, um, word, I can't think of the word right now, but I've never idolized people. Mm-hmm. Like I never, I'm not a celebrity person. Mm. Like I actually like the idea of celebrity mm. and fame in a way kind of turns me off. Like it makes me want to even push that person farther down. Like, nah, I, I don't want anything to do with that. And I found it very interesting to see, especially in our culture now, social media fame, what happened to people when the plug sort of got pulled and everyone was like, well, hold on. We actually have some serious stuff to worry about. Like, and what happened, like, you know, like, like artists can't do concerts and, you know, like all of these, you know, movies can't be made and all of these things started to, to happen and these industries got affected. And I was like, this is really interesting to see how celebrities are handling this and how celebrities are going to handle this. 
and how quickly, like, which was my main reason for not really liking, so not all celebrities, but some celebrities is like this realization that like, hey, we're, we're all here against nature. That's it. There's, it's, it's fair game. You know, we're all, we're all just people and we're all trying to figure this out and we're all struggling and we're all like, you know, no, nobody's, nobody's got this thing like in the bag coasting Every, and you never know if you're at that point, if you're coasting, you know, you might hit a wall. And if you've already hit the wall in five years, you might be coasting. And I know when I, when I opened locomotion, like from, from where I was coming from and I, it was like, it was almost like, um, opening the business felt like I was living home and my parents were giving me stuff into my arms. Like, Oh, here's this, here's your briefcase. Here's your, here's your mug and get out, get out, get out, get out. And then like, boom, they kicked me out the door and all of a sudden I'm a business owner. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I was basically stumbling with too many things in my arms. Didn't even know. I knew what the vision was. I knew what the mission was, but like, I didn't know how to get there, you know? And I, and, and I will say, especially for anyone listening who might be going through that type of struggle, it's like, if if you will get to a better time, like as bad as it can get, as many non-profitable months as you can have, like you can, you can get somewhere. And uh, like I said, that when you get knocked down to that realization that, ever, or, you know, not the realization, but when you get knocked down to that starting point again, you know, with something like a pandemic, it's like, you realize that everybody's struggling and you don't want everyone to struggle, obviously, but you can take a little bit of the pressure off your own back. And I saw that you've been uh, like, you, you talked about kind of like reevaluating like what time is. And I noticed that you, I think when we, when I was messaging you about doing the podcast, you were talking about something about like going for a run or mountain biking, or I forget what it was. Is that, is that right? You were talking like, you were like, Oh, I like, I, I go for like a run in the morning. And I remember talking to you before and you were kind of just being like, Oh, like, I don't want to be training the way that I was or the time applying it in different ways. Can you talk a little bit about like the, the changes you made there? Yeah. So I've always, I've always at some point changed, you know, how I've been practicing. Like, you know, my background was initially, you know, initially I just trained basketball. Then I did everything else under this on bodybuilding and all these other things. Got to CrossFit, got to Olympic weightlifting, started gymnastics, did, then got into the movement world. And um, the idea was like not to once again get sucked into one thing. Like, you know, you only have so many hours in a day. And I just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I don't need every skill. Am I a skill collector or like, am I actually training to like, feel good, be useful? And I had a student who um, was uh, doing trail runs and I started to jump in on it. And, you know, I'm not, it's not like I've ever been against running or anything like that, but I was like, you know what? This, this trail run feels good couple miles in the trails feels good and it's very useful. It's something that, you know, improves my health and improves my fitness. And I like how I feel after and it starts my day off strong and, but I only have X amount of hours to train. So am I going to add this 
to my training? And the answer was no, no, I'm, I'm going to take something away. I'm going to take something else away because out of this training, I get social interaction. I get the physical benefits. And at the end of the day, if I'm, you know, I'm willing to trade that for a session where maybe I'm working alone on an abstract concept that I'm already doing four times a week, mm -hmm. you know, or I'm working on a skill that I've yet to own, you know, over the past couple of years. And I, I, and even if that's like a temporary thing, even if that's like a, something that, and it should be in theory, like I, I do always change things up, but even if it's a temporary thing, it feels right for right now. Like I need to adapt to, to my current ability to handle stress, my current ability to like how many hours in a week can I work versus like how much free time do I need to feel optimal? And I really do feel like I'm getting to that point. Uh, I think it's something that, you know, everyone should really work to do. Like, where is your balance? I mean, I think we're wildly overworked, uh, most Americans, but we we need more of that leisure time and we need more of that. I won't even call it like leisure time, but like um, time to to remove your brain from the mon like the monotony of like these weird tasks of checking your email and answering some guy who lives 3000 miles away and then corresponding back and forth all day and crunching numbers and this and that. And so, you know, even though I'm not doing that specifically, like I know that if I was doing that, I would need, I would need a, a, a morning run, an mm -hmm. afternoon hand balancing session and a, like a evening meditation to like keep myself sane. And everyone's obviously different, but I, I think we need to strive a little bit more for that to find that balance. I was thinking also that, you know, inevitably it's almost like everything becomes like a rigid specialization and people get like, it's maybe it's again, like a cultural thing. Like people are like looking for like grooves to get into. Mm -hmm. And I feel through just like some observation that the same thing kind of happens with movement right? Like people get into like, well, this is what it is. And, and it mm -hmm. needs to be this way. And I have to do these things. And that's, this is the defined thing that like makes it this thing that's supposed to be undefined. Yes. Um, the mm -hmm. irony. Um, and people come into it looking to be adaptable and flexible and, and, you know, willing to deal with like uncertainty right but have but potentially and i think through some observation people end up developing rigidity around that thing that they're doing where it's like oh well now it has to be exactly this way we have to be doing handstands we have to be doing you know qdrs and blah 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 and if it's not that then it's not the thing that i'm that i'm doing and it's like well i actually thought you really wanted to be super adaptable I thought you wanted to be somebody who embraces change either within yourself or within your surroundings or what's being thrown at you, right? Like you're supposed to be like becoming somebody who's a little bit more thrilled by change. But, you know, the, I, I start to observe people who are like, well, like that's stepping outside of like the movement box that I have created. And that's 
not that's that that's rubbing me the wrong way or or whatever but you're talking about being like yeah like this is where i'm at right now and that's what i want to do and 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 that's awesome as well whenever i i used to have students who basically call me out for like not doing because remember i come i came from like a crossfit weightlifting background basically call me out for not doing a lot of weightlifting mm -hmm. and i just be like well because you're good at it like that's why we're doing spinal waves and hand balancing and trying to get you to touch your bar to your chest to touch the bar to your chest on a chin up and like this is why we're doing those things because you're not really good at those things and so then at the same time it's like but do you do you like doing those things because if you like doing those things this is an another benefit for you like mentally like, you know, I, I get it. Like, I don't think anybody should like turn their brain off when they work out, but at the same time, locking into something that you do well, that is still challenging, you know, has a lot of benefit as well. It's like, you know, you being in the zone where like when you're doing your first Shepeo, it's like, you're not in the zone, you know, you're, you're hoping you don't crash on the floor. And I said this a long time ago. I feel like I've, I've been saying this forever with multiple different disciplines, but I had a conversation with Nelson uh, a long time ago. And I was like, the second you look at something and say, Oh, that's, Oh, that's movement. You know, it's like, that's when we know we're screwed. <laughs> like I actually prefer when people come up to me like, Oh, are you a yogi? And it's like, well, no, I don't know how you, you know, got that. But when people are like, if you're doing QDR circles at the park and someone's like, oh, you're a mover. It's like, is that what it means to be a mover? If I like have this one skill or if I have this movement, doesn't mean that you're not. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that movement. But like you said, like, is running not movement? Is running not movement culture enough? Like, yeah, well, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that, that's exactly what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to, you know what I mean? Because to me, like, if I want to pick the words, I forget what that thing is called where you like pick words that are like, you know, you see like big and small that kind of like surround uh, uh, like a theme or an idea. Um, if I were to start picking the words that to me mean something to movement and, and vice versa, it's, it's things like creativity, it's things like change, it's things like adaptability, and none of those other, there's no handstand. There's no like muscle up. Like I actually don't even care about that stuff. To me, it's about being uh, uh, creative and, and finding ways to express your own unique creativity, you know? And the moment we get into these boxes, like all we're doing is expressing someone else's creativity, you know? That's why CrossFit's boring to watch because you're just like watching people do all the same things over and over and over. And they're doing the same thing as the person next to them and the person next to them and the person next to them. But you no. Know? And then you go, but you're like, Oh, but if you go watch somebody do some sort of like uh, improvised dance performance, you're like, well, that is interesting. Not to take anything away from my crossing because you're like, Oh, well, I get it. This is highly disciplined, gone the extra mile to be super strong, super fast, whatever. Yeah. But in terms of like, really like um um honest expression like that's what's interesting you know like to me that's what movement is i'm like what's let's find the things that allows you to like honestly express express yourself you know 
And like, that's why I kind of liked when you said like, oh yeah, like I want to go like run trails. Oh, well, that's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, that's just what you feel like you're drawn to, but also doing it, you're like, yeah, this is like creative expression. I'm running on a trail and having to deal with like all the uncertainty that comes with running on dirt and rocks and all these things. And like, there's problem solving and, and the, the environment is changing around you constantly. Like that's what it is. You know what I mean? And, and, and again, like people get so caught up on like, well, let me, we have to define a thing. Like, no, 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 no. Like the moment someone starts to define it, like someone else needs to come along and like shatter their definition. Yeah. You know, and you see it, you see the people who get like frustrated when you show up and you're like, oh, you think this is what that thing was? Well, here's some other thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, like, but no, like I want to do those things that like I have words for. And now you're bringing things that like I don't have words for yet. And you're like, hey, but that's, that's like what it is. That's what it, that's adaptability. It has always been my issue with CrossFit that it's mm-hmm. called the unknown and unknowable. It's like, no, no, no. I know exactly what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And everybody else does too. Whereas like you said, an improvised dance performance, you could never guess what's coming. next. You could never in a million years imagine, if, especially if someone is creative. Like I follow a few uh, dancers on uh, Instagram that do a lot of creative work. And some of the things they do just like, I, I've never seen it ever. Like I've never seen that movement. So it hits my brain. Like it's like a dopamine hit. Like whoa, that's new. That is, and it's not new, right? But that's new to me. And I I messaged someone today, the same guy has won the CrossFit games five years in a row. Before him was a guy who won it four times in a row. And to me, it's like, what does that really say anything about the guy? Or does it say something about the sport? And it's not to take anything away from those two guys. They are on another level, clearly. But you're, you're the unknown and unknowable, but you're not, you're, you're the, you're the predictable and the repetitive and it's very Western. It's so Western, right? Like every, every, everything is very linear. Everything is like measurable and numbers. It has to be everything. And every, everything has a word attached to it. It has a name, a definition, a label. Yeah. It's just like, we want to Western culture feels like it's almost like, Oh, if it doesn't have a name, we don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. And this is like in everything, like even types of music and all of these things, like we want to, we want to say what they are, like, what mm-hmm. is this? And eventually everything gets a name, but I always had that issue with CrossFit and I made a rant about it years ago, but it was like, Hey, are we really preparing people for the unknown? I don't think we are not at all. Yeah. Actually. No, no. And, and, and it's so funny because like, I, you know, I said it the other day, to somebody, you know, people always want to be like, well, you know, to, to rationalize why we need, why we need to do things. Well, we need to Olympic list so that we can jump, right? Like that's, we need to do it so that we can jump. And I'm like, well, you know, I know some pretty dope acrobats and people who do parkour who can jump further than I will ever jump. And we'll never be able to clean the amount of weight that I can clean. Right. So what does that mean? So what is what what does that thing actually mean then? You know what I mean? I can do something like the weight will go up, but I can do one movement one way 
it's you know my 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 it's not asking anything new of my joints or or my creativity. Sure, there's a lot of like stress and like a lot of um of 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 learning to 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 manage more weight, whatever it is. But it's just like at a certain point, you're like, okay, well, where's where's the new level of creativity? Or like, where's where's the new information that my body needs to deal with an uncertain world? Because in CrossFit, there's a lot of certainty. I'm certain I know what double unders are. I'm certain I know what a clean and jerk is. I'm certain I know what a snatch is. I'm certain I know what a chest to bar pull up is. But like, the the life is is uncertain. Life is 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 random. So like, where is that? Where is that thing? Is is randomness? just that like people don't know what the workouts are until right before they happen because right. that's not random you know what i mean um yeah i think that they're but but again I, I bring it back to like just because of almost like the mindset people start doing that with with movement as well yes. it's like they get super like oh like rigid into their way or their methodology or their thing and it's just like well what does all that mean if you can't just like get out there and be in an a random world with a body that's received a lot of different information so that you can make some better predictions about how to manage that or maybe not manage it. Maybe ride the wave of it a little bit more gracefully. Yeah. This is exactly the same issue in a, in a new practice, a CrossFit movement, this, that, like it's that you see this happen over and over again. I, when it comes to like the whole cross, you know, I'm not, I don't want to turn this into a CrossFit rip, Yeah. Um, but you, you find that when you get confronted by these things and you, and your justification falls apart and you realize like, I mean, especially as a teacher or coach, like, you know, I, I really like want to feel confident that I'm doing honest work. So if I see someone who's coming for a year and their snatch has gone from 45 pounds to 45 pounds, it's like, and they're doing it for one day, 10 reps. The other day is a two rep max. You know, it's like, what is happening here? Like, this is not follow the rules of progressive overload. This is not, you know, this is not getting you anywhere clearly. Right. And the idea of just continuing to like trudge along that path, rather than like you're saying, introduce some new information, a new riddle, a new problem to solve the benefit there, whatever, your, whatever benefit you're claiming for the snatch, like the benefit of introducing that uncertainty is probably greater than them doing repetitive motions again and again. And also, I mean, I would, I would then say that like, you know, really, if we're talking about like understanding how to collaborate with like an uncertain world, we need to be willing to like collaborate with our whole mind body situation here you know what i mean again people continue to just like work in isolation and not realize that it's like you know it 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 all goes together there's like a unity there's a harmony in the whole thing and and asking people maybe verbally maybe non-verbally to like explore that you know like when i watch somebody do an olympic lift like that's kind of the beauty of it it's very it's one movement you know what i mean we can do it in a multitude of ways where we explore that that interconnectedness but that's kind of the beauty of being like oh see like that's what happens when the whole thing works in this beautiful rhythm together you know what i mean as opposed to like 
well, it's the weight, it's about learning to jump or learning uh, whatever. It's just like, to me, that's really where like so much of the, of the magic lies and is, is in that exploration, you know? And again, I think people start to get really caught up in, in strength training specifically. Again, like continuing to just like narrow it down to like something very isolated that isn't like the collaborative effort of like the whole the whole structure together you know like there's we didn't make it very far in nature or make it where we did in nature because of our giant muscles and how strong we were we made it where we're at because like we had these giant brains and our whole body like every other animals could like work in harmony yeah this i mean you you pull up a lot of different ideas like throughout that are that run around in my head, but a few words that stick out to me are like community and collective knowledge going back to that, right? Like we all as a community have to be willing to evolve and grow and do new things rather than getting stuck in that mindset of like, no, this is about me getting better at the snatch specifically, you know? And um, like you said, strength, like this goes back again to like us boxing stuff in and categorizing like when we talk about training and moving, like if we, if we talk about moving, like how much distinction can we really draw between like it blends like strength to me means mobility now. So I'm like, what, hold on. Strength used to be back squats, but now strength is being in a full middle split. Like that doesn't make any sense. That to me in the past would have been mobility, you know? And sixth graders and seventh graders well when they when they're 25 and 24 they're just millennials it's like things do start to blend to a certain degree and as we as we go out and we go out further and further we have you know then we have just like adults right we have adults and kids and elderly and then we have like humans and then we have so on and so forth as these as these expand and i think movement just in a riff off the top of my head is more of like a blending of these categories, like realizing that there are no categories, but the categories allow us to sort of develop the bigger picture. Cause I mean, if you, you know, again, like if you go out, we talk about, um, you know, improving your relationship to the world, like you're improving your body and its relationship to the world. Well, you have to go out in the world. Like you have to go do, if you're going to deal with uncertainty and train uncertainty in the gym, like you, how much uncertainty can you develop in the gym? You're in the gym. That's certain, you know, that is a variable that is consistent and the floor is flat and the bars are straight and they're 1.25 inch diameter and all this stuff. It's like, how are you really going out and really experiencing the wild amount of variety that is there? And so when in one scenario, you're dealing with a mobility issue and then you go out and you have a similar scenario that's a strength issue, you know, or a similar scenario that's a coordination issue or a rhythm issue running through the trails, like versus running on the road. And, uh, you know, I loved your, um, your conversation with Yosef, like talking about running through landscape, running through or being hunted or hunting. And this is something that, you know, this year I, I started to get into and, you know, took my court again, like all this stuff is, I don't know anything. Like I, I had nobody pass this knowledge down to me. I don't have anyone who hunts in my family or, you know, my, my parents had like a vegetable garden at one point in their lives, but this is all stuff that I, I started to relate back to movement. And 
this, especially hunting. I mean, hunting is like strength, mobility, stillness, you know, accuracy, timing, coordination, you know, the mental game, like that's, that's a movement practice right there. So, so, so have you been hunting? So I've been shooting a lot of, I've been shooting with my bow for probably like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years now. And I, and I finally got my courses last year. I couldn't get my courses done so I can technically now legally hunt. Mm. Uh, but you know, this is a totally new area for me. So yeah. like, this is totally new ball game. And, you know, as far as like the, um, as far as like getting into it and what that means, that's a whole nother conversation. But like, I see it as like, it's, it's sort of becoming more of my, a blending of my movement practice. And that's the idea. It's always been about like supporting me in a community. You know, that's, that's sort of what the practice I think should be about. And with the, like we talked about before, like when you, when you put these, uh, when you put these boxes, like movement practice involves strength and gymnastics and mobility and this and that, like, obviously that makes sense. Like that's the way you have to describe it to people. But then when I tell you like, Oh my, like, Oh, you practice movement. Yeah. Yeah. I was just in the garden the other day. It's like, they were like what? Like, what do you mean? It's not movement. Like, can you stand on one hand? Mm-hmm. And you don't realize all of the movement that exists out there in the real world when you're doing things. Mm-hmm. And, but when you develop an awareness of that in the gym and when you're doing various exercises and you move with people, mm-hmm. you can tie that awareness into when you actually go do that thing. Yeah. It's like, you're, you know, you're, you're talking about a little bit like of asking, asking yourself, or I don't know, maybe even your students to like, to be a little bit more like participatory in the world and in nature, because it'll kind of give you a frame of reference as to like what, what you actually want to be doing in, in the gym. Right. Yeah. I, I still believe that even in movement, I think people are doing way more strength training than they need to be doing. Yeah. And I think if, if people were, were participating a little bit more in, in the world, we would have a, a stronger sense of like, well, what do I actually need? You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I'm like, oh, I want to have like healthy, resilient joints. Cool. Does that mean I need to be able to do a full planche? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, does it mean sure. that I need to be able to do a one-arm handstand? Probably not. You know, yeah. because you're, when you're talking about hunting, you know, like I, I always come back to Bo Jackson because I love that documentary that was about him. Um, the guy like never strength trained, you know, mm-hmm. never. But he talks about hunting with a bow and he'd go out every day before games. He'd be like shooting his bow in the locker room. And then he would, you know, after he retired, he continued bow hunting. And like, then he's like, oh yeah, like, you know, if I shoot an elk, I've got to carry it home on my back. And like all these things, you're like, well, you, when you're really participating, if you're, like you said, if you're gardening or hunting or, or building things with your hands, you're like, oh, well, that's what I need. You know, like that's the understanding I need to have. Like, well, what, you know, how much is the push up or the chin up going to help me when I need to like swing an axe? You yes. know, because that's a different thing, you know? Yeah. And how much mobility do I need to have to, you know, shoot a bow, you know, or, or to run a trail or hike a trail or any of these things? Because it might be, it might make, 
you, me, and everybody think like, well, well then how much does a, does a, a split really matter? You know what I mean? Other than Instagram, really, right. you know, like where else am I going to need to be doing that? Also, you know? how do you do, like, what do you develop out there naturally mm -hmm. or organically mm -hmm. versus basically like being in a lab? Like how strong can we get your legs by carrying that deer home, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, how strong can we, or how mobile can we get you by, you know, taking away, and I not I'm telling not telling people to do this, but taking away the chairs in your home, you know, like how like what what develops when we're in a more natural environment, and I don't like to really even use the word natural because it's what is natural is is a question you could like when we are doing now what we did for a long 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 period of time, you know, because this is all everything we have around us now is pretty new. And I, that's another reason, like, I want to emphasize, like, anyone listening is hearing, you are hearing a complete beginner. Like, mm -hmm. you're hearing the guy who has just basically started everything I'm talking about. So mm -hmm. don't get your advice from me. Don't talk, don't, don't ask me about hunting. Don't ask me about gardening. The only thing you can ask me about, honestly, is uh is you know we'll say like movements not movement like i don't know i don't have enough of a thought process i don't feel i'm intelligent enough and experienced enough to have such a strong voice on movement but you can definitely talk to me about movements like i've studied movements my whole life and you know i i can help you use movements to carry over into other areas of your life but I just want to like stress that, you know, that's, um, you're not. You're yeah. Not but, 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 but I think most people don't know that much. <laughs> I really do. Um, and I think it's more about like, you know, that you, you're doing a good job of like provoking a little bit of like wonder, a little bit of like curiosity, right? Like, you know, I think that those are important traits, you know, alongside like you're expressing, uh, mm -hmm you know, humility, which is to me also super important, but like provoking curiosity. I think uh, these are important things for people, you know, like no one needs to, to hear someone say like, I, I hunt to, to then feel like they need to go hunting or something. It's more just being like, oh, like there are other things. Like, it, you know, it's more about getting wheels turning and asking some questions as opposed to always just like looking for answers, you know, or, or, or looking for definitive answers or, or, or something like maybe asking their own questions of themselves. I don't know, something like that. I think that there's, there, 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 there should be more curiosity. And I think people who are doing movement should have their own curiosity and, and even their own skepticism and their own mysteries that they're kind of like willing to look into as opposed to just being like, Oh, well, you know, here's another thing with, with, with boxes, you know? Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I curiosity and wonder is what has been pushing me in this direction because I'm, I've become, I guess, like, as you get to a certain training age as well, you know, you, you have like a two paths you can take, like you can take the route of just continuing on and talk about your reps and your sets and your volume 
or you can like go this way we talk about of like developing sort of complexity wise. And I, I love being strong in that, in that defined sense, but I'm really curious, like, what is it like, what kind of strength do you need to be a hunter? Like what movement patterns do you do out there? You know, like what, when you're, when you're field dressing a deer or carrying it through the woods or, you know, then, and, and then you're dealing with another organic living and not living at a certain point being like, what does that look like? You know, what kind of movements do I need to learn there? What kind of tools do I need? You know, we might use a chin up bar. That's a tool for us, you know, but in, in this, the woods, you might be using, you know, a knife, you might be using a bow, you might be using, you know, a rope. And I get just as interested and curious about what patterns I'm doing. And like, that's why I brought up the knots earlier. Like in order to tie a knot, you must go through a particular pattern with your hands, mm-hmm. like remove the rope. And if you just watch the hands, like different knots have different patterns, mm-hmm. right? But it's such an, it's such a small, like nuanced pattern. Like if you do your bunny ears and then pull, right. But mm-hmm. it, it's like, it's just like a conductor, a uh, conductor. Uh, uh, why can't I think of the word? Um, like an orchestra, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a conductor. Yeah. It is a conductor, right? Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, these movements are like subtle. Like we don't know, we don't know what they're saying. We can't speak that language, but you know, it means something and you know, it produces something. And it's the same thing with the knots. And it's the same thing with, you know, shooting a bow or growing your own food. And you, you, I just feel like that. I'm so curious about that. And that's why, that's why we're talking about it because I, at the end of the day, we, we can talk about, exercise and and movement and all these things but like that that is movement like what are you interested in now what do you what do you wonder about that you then go out and actually do even as a beginner and that's like i said movement's given me that opportunity to like just be like hey listen just suck at it that's fine just suck at it and keep going and learn mm-hmm. uh, and it, and he sort of gave me that perspective on it mm-hmm. and then it leads me to this other idea that that you know, and I guess you're, you're also like tiptoeing around a little bit because I think people get so caught up with this like duality between like the mind and the body, right? So everything is almost like with respect to the body and, you know, not realizing that like your, your very strong arms are only as strong as your mind is weak. Right. And, and there's not a ton of, of respect for that necessarily. Right. Like understand that, like, no, 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 it it, it goes together and, and there should be equal respect for one and the other and both together. Yeah. I, when I was younger, I struggled a lot with uh, basically doubting myself, Mm -hmm. like, like having a weak mind and lacking confidence, all these things. And I was so lucky to have teachers and mentors who really forced me to play the mental game with myself young, like, like get out of your own head and start to realize like you are capable of much more. Like they were basically saying, Hey, your arms are strong, but your mind is really weak, Mm -hmm. you know, in a metaphorical sense, like 
you're stopping yourself at 50% of what you're capable of, you know, cause you're, you're looking at the ground, you're rolling your own eyes, you know, you're, you're cursing yourself in your head, like all of these things that I had to sort of get past. And it really did like these lessons really carry over. And I think we all need a, a good mentor or something that challenges us like in a really significant regard where you have to get out of your own head and you have to like learn to, to go above and beyond what you thought you could do. I mean, you nailed it with the analogy, like you, your arms are only as strong as your mind is weak. And it's like, when does, when does the mind say stop and how much more did you really have left or like how much better could you have been? Mm -hmm. Well, it's also then it's like, you know, again, you're, you're, you're more adaptable when you have a little bit more control over your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're, you're more, you're, you're, you're more prepared to roll with the punches because you can, you're not stuck in your own grooves, your rivets, you know, like the, the things that make you rigid, right? You're like, Oh, you have like the, the mental capacity to like switch gears because you're like, I'm not stuck in any one thing. You know, I think that's like one of my takeaways from, reading some of these like old, like yoga scriptures, you know, like if you tell somebody you, you do, you fast, for instance, like they're always like, Oh, intermittent fasting. That's because blah, like they always want to have like the, like the exact scientific reason. And you're just like, well, it's also really important because it teaches you how to control your mind. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I've been doing a lot of, well, I've been teaching here of like, you know, making people hold their arms out for, for extended periods of time. Um, not something I invented. I, I, you know, had the experience in a few other places, but I'm like, these are, this is, this is, this is mind control. You know what I mean? Like this is, these are, these are some really important qualities, right? Like this is how we can really participate in the world in, in a way that, that is less rigid right? Like breaking from the things that, 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 that we like a little bit and knowing how to, and knowing, and these are just games, like no one thing is the thing, but like knowing that, like, I have enough power over my mind that I can be like, oh, well now I'll do this thing and not be so married to the other thing. I like what you, what you just mentioned, having you hold your arms out at your side. Cause I think when you, when you drop your arms, mm -hmm. it, provokes question mm -hmm. so like you have to basically ask yourself and maybe your teacher will ask you as well like what made you bring down your arms and the question would be could you have done it for one more second mm -hmm. like this is something i always keep in the back of my mind when i'm training when i'm doing anything like when i'm when i'm playing basketball or whatever it is like ask what what made you not run back on defense. Like, were you tired? How tired were you? You thought you were going to die? Like, what, you know, what, what was it? And this is, that's a great way to attack the mind. And I guarantee if you had 10 people in a room and you knew, you know, who had the, who had sort of the weakest mind, you know, they're going to drop their arms first. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. doesn't matter if they can lateral raise 50 pounds or, you know, like, but then there's the person who, you know, literally you'll have to push their arms back down to their sides. You know, mm -hmm. they will just, whether you call it, I don't really call it shutting off your brain, but like tapping into a focus so deep 
that you can't, you, you've made up your mind. Mm -hmm. So your shoulders cannot lower because mm -hmm. you've made up your mind that they're staying there mm -hmm. for whatever justification you give it. But I, I love that type of stuff. And I, I think that that's missing. And definitely I don't do it enough for, for my own students. I should be thinking of this stuff a bit more, but I love this sort of thought provoking, simple, simple exercise. Well, that's why I keep like kind of coming back in and in, in asking this question of myself and of other people who are like, well, what, what is strength then? Like, what is, you know, what is that thing? You know, what is, what is the strength that like, you know, got us to become like the, 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 the top of the food chain because we're not stronger physically than bears and elephants and things like that. Right. We, we develop these crazy brains and relatively weak bodies, you know, and somehow it's like, we started to try to like turn it the other direction. Like we want these like yeah. giant muscles and like super flexible and not kind of respect that. Like, no, if we're talking about real strength, like what does that actually look like? What is it that ability to, to move between full and empty and, and respect the, the, the harmony between the upper and lower body and have control over our minds. That to me is when I start to think of like, well, that's, that's strength. If we're talking about holistic strength, like that's, that's a, that's a lumberjack, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that's like, that's the person who like hunts all of their own food, you know, that's, I don't know, there's something there. And I keep kind of like trying to figure it out, but like, I keep kind of returning to that. And I don't, and I always feel like I sound like I'm like bashing strength training and I'm not saying that it's more just kind of questioning. Well, like, well, how much do we really need? Yeah. And what is strength training? Like you, yeah. when you say it, people are like, yeah, I get what strength training is. It's three to five reps of mm -hmm. barbell, blah. It's like, no, no, no. That's my point is we don't, we haven't had an honest conversation about what strength like strength is like, what is that training look like? And how can you tell me that, you know, again, like if you look at Navy SEALs and in, in buds, it's like everything they're doing is strength training. It's just what they're targeting is different from what you're used to considering for strength training. Mm -hmm. You know, you're holding, you're, you're laying down in the, in the freezing water. It's like, that's not strength to be able to take that for an hour or three hours or however long they're sitting there. Like that. what I read a book recently, which is a fantastic book unbroken. It's a, it became a movie, a very popular one. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, the strength for this man to endure, not just like 40 days on the Pacific ocean with no food or water, you know, like that. Okay. You survive that right now you get captured by enemies now they're not only not treating you well, they're actively picking on you because you're famous. Like he was a popular uh, track star in the Olympics. And like, and, and all of these things happen, right? And his story and his ability to like survive that, mm -hmm. his body had been broken. Just physical strength didn't exist. And the reason I bring this up is because there's a part in the story where the man who is basically torturing him makes him hold up a log, like a heavy log, mm -hmm. kind of like your exercise. 
-hmm. but he makes him hold a log above his head. And the burning hate that he had for this man who was torturing him, the guy goes, if he drops the log, shoot him. He holds the log for like, and he, you know, he picks it up. He can't even hold it. Mm. He held it for like hours, mm. like hours. Like I forget exactly how long, but in the book, it's like, they tell you, it's like he held it for a ridiculous amount of time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they do this clip. I didn't see the full movie, but I've seen the clip. There's a point where he's just screaming, holding this log. And it's like, but meanwhile, his muscles had deteriorated to nothing Right. This is like he's like a he's a prisoner of war. He's not he doesn't get creatine and protein shakes after after a day. You know, he's barely eating. It's like. How strong does your mind get Mm -hmm. and what does that translate to in your physical body? Mm -hmm. And that like one scene, that one line like that really stuck with me. And when you brought this up, it sort of brought that back. Mm. Yeah, I, I I'll need to read it. That um that that sounds like it, it it it's pretty spot on for what I'm 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 kind of trying to like hash out in my brain. I also think of like Bruce Lee, you know what I mean? Like everybody thinks of like Bruce Lee. Like there's like that one shot with his like shirt off and he like looks jacked. But I'm like, he wasn't that strong in terms of strength training. He right. wasn't that. He was just like probably whatever needed to be to like have like some healthy joints. Yeah. And his thing was like, be like water, right? Water can be like soft and it can be gentle, but it can also be a raging river or a flood. Like people are afraid of water damage, Mm -hmm. right? But it can also like, it can move between this thing where it's like, you know, the, 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 it can be like full and raging, but it can also be like soft and serene. Right. And if you've ever done martial arts, like it's, you know, for me, it's something like jujitsu, like that's where it is that ability to like become full and become empty or have part of your body full and part of your body empty. You know, like there are people who I, probably everybody on the mat, I was stronger than, you know what I mean? And there were people who were, you know, you know, weighed less than me, not as strong as me, who were destroying me because they had a much better sense of, of that kind of like holistic strength, how to like make their whole body, like move together in a coordinated and harmonious way. Um, they understood that concept of being full and empty and soft and hard to, to, to play games with me. And it shut down my raw physical strength every time. Right. Didn't matter how much I try to like muscle them around. And you know, why, like, why did you f- go that route of like, Hey, I'm just going to build strength. Like, why did you even go down that route? Cause I know for me, mm-hmm. it, that was just what was presented. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's really what it is. I mean, I, I, I mean, long story short, I really think that there's like a cultural thing about wanting to have the illusion of control. And I do believe it comes back around to this like um, denial of death complex that like this culture has. And like, we do a lot of things to make it seem like we're in more control than we are. And I do think that 
strength training is one of those things that lands into that place where it's just like, you look strong, you feel strong. I'm, I am not on the road to death or I'm more in control of my mortality than I actually am, you know? And, and I think that that's a little bit more of like where it comes down to really, if I were to like go to like the bare bones of where I think it begins. I'm happy you said the word culture because it was in my, it was just, I was waiting to bring it up and like, it is a very cultural thing. And Mm -hmm. we talked about like where it's all getting tied together, but like, it's a very me culture of Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to take control you know, or mm-hmm. I'm going to be in control. And if you look at other cultures that I think do this a little bit better, and if you go back, like we talked about with tribes, like if you were to study tribes before we've basically eliminated them all, like there's a few things that they they do that we don't, I, I mean, not to my knowledge that we're doing much of. Um, one is nothing is hidden, right? So like, have you, you know, how many people even ever see death? Like Mm -hmm. how many people actually see death? Like no wonder you are, you're pretending it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the, the, like, you know, like the New Zealand, like Hakka, like these sort of community, these community sort of rituals, you know, people doing these things together. And so you have that, you have like other dances from other tribes and all and they have dances for different events and all these things and nothing is hidden. Like if you, this is kind of another thing that got me into hunting. Like I went out. So when I was uh, 16, I was in the room when my grandfather died. So like that was a moment where I was, where it was just crazy. Like, Oh, this is it. This is life. Right. Because life, there is no life without death. And how many people like, again, so we do, we do the death thing. And then most people never, you know, they don't see the person die. You know, obviously we have like the first responders that see this all day. Um, And then we do like a burial, right? And then like babies just magically come home from the hospital. And like, we're just, we're, we're always disconnected from the very intense moments that are these Mm -hmm. and killing, killing something like, you know, most people are eating something that died, but they never witnessed any death. And I think that that's a big disconnect culturally. And we like coming back to that sort of being in control thing. It's like, I think people would be better served realizing that everything that's, it's out of your control for the most part, right? Like the things you think you can control, like you can't control, but when you, develop a relationship with death i think you can actually have a life and i don't that's very that's very well put i i can't speak with any experience i can only speak with like uh knowledge that i've i've taken in from other places like i've read a i read this book the denial of death that i thought was really interesting um and then i'm reading this book right now by somebody who um who that it was suggested to me by somebody who I really respect with regard to these things, a book called uh, die wise. Um, that's really interesting. But again, I, I'm, I can't speak to any of these things with like the proper amount of experience, but I totally, 
agree. A lot of it comes down to like, from my understanding is we will participate much differently in the world, in our communities and with ourselves once we develop a more appropriate relationship with death and not just with ourselves, with death in our culture and death in our communities and, and, and the whole thing, how we approach people dying. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I wish I, 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 I hope to develop more experience with it. Like I said, right now it's only book experience, but over time I, I, I totally, I totally agree. I'm happy that you're thinking about it as well. Yeah. I like the title die wise. I think that it's a really interesting book. If you get a chance, you should pick it up. I've read probably about a, a, a third of it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing it and, and speaking to, with my friend who, who has spent a lot of time kind of studying uh, from this guy who wrote it. Um, so yeah, if you pick it up, let me know what you think. Definitely. I, I like that these words continue to pop up. Wise, you know, like when we think of wisdom, it's like wisdom is usually like a like an experienced thing, like much older, you know, the wisdom of my grandfather, like, but it, but like we said before, we're losing collective knowledge. So I feel like our culture has pushed us into a me culture. Like it's me, it's my life. It's I, while I'm here, I'm going to be rich and famous and do this and do. And it's like, because you're, I feel at least because you're afraid to die. So you want to in some way be immortalized by other people. And I just think that that's a waste of time. Like versus, you know, like I love to me without even reading the book, die wise means to pass on knowledge. Mm. Like, so stop, you know, you will live your life. It, It is your life. But if you just live it for you, then it's not much of a life. And I've already, the, the, the joy it brings me to think ahead of like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do this now so that later on I can pass down to my kids this mm-hmm. and to their kids that. And it's just so funny and hilarious that it all happened because of handstands, you know, like, <laughs> like movement practice. But, but that's the one thing I really do like about this, this little realm that has been created is that it doesn't even matter if any of us are doing any of these movements in 10 years, like we, nobody should care, but the thoughts that we got from it and the, the questions that we ask ourselves, I think it'll be what is most important at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think that's great. I think, uh, I hope you share some of this stuff with your students. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, what, use my early babbling. Yeah. What, um, if people want to practice with you, you're, are you doing zoom classes anymore? Or is everything like outside or in person? So we are thinking about doing a, a zoom class. We, we've thrown the idea out there a little bit. Um, we want to make sure if we do offer something via zoom that it's pretty rock solid. So we're taking our time with like really announcing it. Um, so right now just in person, general online stuff. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. So if people want to find you, is it best to go to the website or go to Instagram or Facebook? Where's it? Where's the, the best location? Easiest way is Instagram 
at mm-hmm. Locomotion New York, all spelled out. Okay. Cool, man. Well, I'm so happy we got to do this. I'm. Uh, it's been nice to like catch up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, and uh, you know, just for the chat in general. We'll, yeah. Well, you and I had the opportunity to, to to chat quite a bit over the course of the quarantine, and then uh, and then it, I really appreciate that you like. Uh, I mean, I texted you this, but I, it means a lot that you drove in and did the class that I did in Brooklyn right before we left. So um, yeah, all super cool, you know. Yeah, it was a great experience, and uh, I have to still upload the video of me doing the pattern. Uh-huh. I did. I've been practicing. I mean, we ended up getting really interested in that work in general. We've been studying it, uh-huh. um, but I, I wanted all my students uh-huh. to do it. Oh, so that that's cool. I'll send it to you and uh-huh. tag you in it. So uh-huh. look out! Look out for that soon. That's coming. Okay, I'll keep my eyes peeled for it, dude. Have a great night. Um, at some point, hopefully within 12 months, we will see each other either out there or here or somewhere in between. Absolutely, man. And don't be afraid to call anytime you want. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll show you a text soon. All right, later. I'll see what you're up to. Take care. Bye.